The End Light Podcast Network, Suckcast, The Hot Mess with Phil Stamper, Trek Off, Pop Off, and Ninjas vs. You. Also, Ninjas vs. Zombies, the movie, and Ninjas vs. Vampires, the movie. All at endlightentertainment.com. It's time for Trek Off, the Star Trek podcast that will kick you in your effing teeth. Welcome to Trek Off. The first Trek off ever. I'm Justin. And I'm Alexia, but we'll just call me Alex because everyone will get it wrong. I can call you Alexia. No, fuck you. You can't. <laughs> I did. I heard you. Do you for, want me to beat you? You want me like, to beat you with this mic? For like three years. <laughs> I called you Alexia. Alexia, I'm getting better at it. Oh, look so at that. I'm fancy. I'm taking off the headphones because I was wearing the headphones and it was making like the te- headphones have the delay. So it's making me want to talk oh, like I this. Yes. Trek off um, the the second podcast in the end light podcast network. Um, let's say hello to our friends, our sister podcast, the suck cast. Hello, suck cast. Hi, Corey. And hi, um, Dan and Will when you're on there. Okay. All um, right. So this is, this is, uh, <clears throat> this is Trek off. It was going to be called suck my track. It really was. Um, I thought Trek off sounds a little better because it sounds something you know, a little bit like jerk off, but it sounds like maybe check off and it's Star Trek and it's Trek off and it wasn't taken. So here we are with Trek. Oh, <laughs> now the truth shall set you free. Yes. Um, so, uh, so this being the first one, um, we're doing a podcast about Star Trek in a myriad of other podcasts about Star Trek because they're they're fun and they're a lot that I've liked and they're a lot that I've listened to and there's a couple that I still listen to, um, but they're not. Like, like they're not exactly like what it's like when I hang around and talk to my friends, which there was one called Make It So that I really liked that like when it went away, I kind of was like, well, that's the only one that really sounded like me and my friends talking. And that's not to slam the other ones, because like I said, there are two that I listen to on a regular basis because I'm a nerd. Um, and, and I prefer geek. Yeah, I'm I'm both, though, dude. I mean, I'm I'm like. Well, oh, I'm both. I just prefer geek. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm sort of. The, <laughs> I like the sound of that word better. Is I, that I'm, fine? I'm sort of the sort, sort of the socially unacceptable version of of nerd. In that we're, ah, we're, so now we've made it clear. You equal socially unacceptable. Me equals socially acceptable. Sweet. No, depends. I just wanted to make sure. One of us is wearing sequins and glitter, and the other one has a green screen in his basement. So I, we're both in trouble. <laughs> it's, Let's be clear, though. Thank God we're both if married. If we were to reverse that. <laughs> but not to each other. No. Not to each other. If we were to reverse that, I would be cool if I had a green screen in my basement. But somehow I think it would be a little bit gay if you wore glitter. Which is a fine and valid choice. <laughs> I don't want to alienate the gay track listeners at all. They're awesome. They're, and they're out there. Oh, to be they're clear, out there. It wasn't a homosexual I just, I just, slam. No, I just, I just want to be I'm so. Just, I'm, I had a vision of you as I, like a, a just. Not just gay, but like flaming, and so, it was funny to me. <laughs> so when so when I when I presented this idea for the podcast to Alexia, I was like, "Listen, I want to do an R rated Star Trek R rated, not like X rated. We're going to be so dirty, but I wanted to do an R, <laughs> I wanted to do an R rated sort of. We are being you know a little more frank in the way we talk, and so we did a couple of practice conversations for about two and a half hours. Each one was about two and a half hours. Was it really? It was really an exceptionally long time. Um, and what can you tell how much he loves me? I do. All know. in that statement, it was an exceptionally long time. I could not get that bitch off the phone. It was it, like, seriously, I gotta go. Was, Stop it, talking. It was two and a half hours. <laughs> now, my phone said 35 minutes. <laughs> I swear to you, it was I would like to submit 
Fuck you. <laughs> um, so I have a feeling that I already know how this is going to turn out. Is that is that I'm I'm going to be the shocked and appalled one with my hand over my mouth going, oh, as, as like she says things, which is fine with me. Um, <laughs> just, that's how most of my conversations go. But that's is that fine. bad. You can be the bad cop. You can be the bad cop. Um, if you hear this, that's, oh, shh, shh. that's my wine with ice in it. <laughs> because I'm classy. No, it's because you're a pussy. It's barefoot wine. No, it's I like it cold. Yeah, you're a pussy. Because I like cold call, wine? That's what we call that. No. Really? No, because you put ice in there to make it cold. No, because where I come from. Real man, stick it in the fridge. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's called white trash where I come from, I have to admit. But <laughs> I go to wineries and stuff. I'm Wow, I really am a pussy. <laughs> what did I just say? <laughs> I'm not a pussy. I go to wineries. <laughs> I only go to the odd winery and my wife lets me do whatever, you know, I do whatever she wants. Oh, I should be wearing sequins. <laughs> I did show choir. <laughs> awful oh and wow what's that sound it's listeners tuning out um so why star trek <laughs> why it's why? too bad no one can see the funny faces i'm making no, at you uh, um why I, i'll start with you why why star trek what makes what like if we're going to talk about something something that has a uh, a stigma attached to it which it does um to say you're a star trek fan something that something that does not necessarily make you cooler to say you're a star trek fan and here we are we're announcing it to internet land um why why star trek what like what is the appeal like for you for star trek i know what mine is and i'll answer that too but what is the appeal for you that makes you willing to step out and go not only do you like star trek but you're like willing to step out kind of proudly and go yes i know society kind of frowns on it but but fuck it, Star Trek works. What is it for you? It's an absolutely amazing like group of shows at this point. And conceptually, I mean, it was like it occurs to me, like you know, in the what does the Bible go? In the beginning, there was there was there, God said there are a lot light, of words in the and Bible, and there was light, and there was light, and it was like in the beginning, Gene Roddenberry said, "Let there be Star Trek," and there was Star Trek, and it was beautiful. I'm and just then, saying. And then CBS said, "Can you make it different?" And then CBS was like, "Well, that's a little too." beautiful for us can you maybe tone it down a little bit can you maybe change it so it's you know a little bit like everyone can dig it and he was like f you um but but i'll do it <laughs> but i'll do it only a little bit though he really he fought some good battles i'm just saying oh, like no, no i'm not saying he didn't fight good battles but because he- i mean you got he managed to still put out a sh- like i think i feel like the show he wanted to and to get to say the things and do the things that he wanted to do i'd say i'd say that's true a third of the time I'd say I'd say he'd go he'd go he'd go kind of silly episode silly episode socially relevant episode. like like you know Kirk meets the cowboys Kirk meets the Greeks and then you have the half black half white face to make the statement about racism right so because if he were to do it every week I think they would have shut him down oh absolutely they and, I, lo- like, and uh, I love the other ones too. I love the I mean don't get me wrong I, lo- I love the other stuff too I love well, I, well what's great about the other stuff is like even though it may not necessarily like every episode isn't some hard hitting social issue up in space because you can get away with it kind of a thing which is what I love about it was that he took he was like okay well nobody will talk about this shit so here's what I'll do I'll set it in space and I'll call it different shit but we'll all know what's going on yeah and I was like that dude is fucking brilliant. <laughs> like, that's all there is to it. Here's the thing, though. He's, from what I understand, kind of a dick. Really? And from what I understand, and well, from what I've seen, like, kind of not the greatest writer. And it's interesting. He's, he's, a, he's a good conceptual guy. He's like mm, a really good. Okay. He, he, he comes up with great concepts great cast he's a great i mean i don't know who his casting director was but i mean the he he hit pater two times in a row yeah. um and he had nothing to do with casting ds9 although i feel like he hit pater the third time on ds9 um uh 
he was like barely he was still alive when they were putting the show together but by the time it aired he was he he had died um but i feel like in terms of what he wrote i mean it's like the the script for the motion picture is just not it's it's the stuff that's really roddenberry there's some really bad ideas in there so i want to i want to okay i want to i want to give some credit i guess i want to put some credit out that he was the one who said i want to do this and then he was smart enough to get people like well it was dc fontana wrote a whole bunch of them and Mm, stuff yeah yeah and he was smart enough to get really good tv writers who were willing to step in and go and take a chance on doing stuff that was controversial and not necessarily going to be you know good for them potentially yeah and and i think i think that what he did was was like what he was he was a good i I mean i would say the same thing about lucas if we were to jump over to the other like eight eight letter thing that starts with star (laughs) um, uh, uh, which that's kind of where the similarity ends oh yeah but i would say the same same thing about lucas he is uh, as a concept guy he's fantastic he's great and as a as a initially as a casting director he made some really good choices you know um uh, although that's even arguable. I mean, was Carrie Fisher the best actress in 1977? Maybe not. But but as a concept guy, he's great. He's great. I mean, I would even I would even go so far as to go the idea of Jar Jar Binks as a funny, appealing to kids character in the first episode that then eventually is going to take this dark turn later on. As a concept, it might have worked. What he is not is a details guy. Mm. Is 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 nothing nothing about Star Wars Episode One or really the original the new trilogy. It, nothing about it in concept really bothers me as much as as much as the devil being in the details, right? Yeah. That 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 the problem the problem is the the choices of the performance. You don't, don't want to just blame the actors. You don't want to just blame poor Hayden Christensen and Jake Lloyd because they've got Liam Neeson in there and he looks like he's made out of wood. And just, you know, so the director who's editing it, and he did edit it, makes the choices, directs the actors, chooses what they want, tells them what he wants them to do. Yeah. He wanted complete control in the new movies, and he got complete control in the new movies. <laughs> and we, and the, it didn't work out so well. <laughs> what's, what's the movie that he had that had the least amount of control? I don't know which one. The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. <laughs> written, by the, written, written by Irvin Kirshner, who wrote The Big Chill. Ah. directed by Lawrence Kasdan, and he took a step back and was the concept guy. Then when that struck huge gold, bigger than Star Wars, the original, then he went, and even though Richard Markheim directed Jedi, he was kind of pulling his puppet strings. Mm-hmm. And you can tell the, the influence of George the George the puppet master. And the more he's the, and that's why I feel like whenever Roddenberry had complete control, Roddenberry had complete control over the first two seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation, mostly the first season. Yeah. He lost control almost completely in the third season. Really? When it got good. Um, because he built the world. What he was is he was a world builder. I would say... Yeah, no, he's he's very... He creates, like, yeah, like you're saying, a really good concept guy. Like, just the idea... And I think what I love, too, is the idea that, like... And I don't know. I mean, I guess I never really sat and talked to him. Like, hey, Gene, what's up? That would be cool, though. Um, it, like, hello. <laughs> I you. came back from the dead to, to talk, talk to you. you. How fucking cool would that be? Oh, let's have a seance, and we'll have right, Gene Roddenberry. Hi, Alexia. What would you like to ask me? Well, okay, well, Gene, what I'd like to know is if you like conceptually part of why it's like there's peace on earth in Star Trek and then they go out in space and there's war out there. Like, is that a curse? Me is the only way there could be peace on earth. Right? Like if we're, if we found some other motherfuckers to fight because we have to fight this human. I'm taking off my pants. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, so channeling Gene Roddenberry didn't go very well, and I don't no. think it's got anything to do with Gene. I feel like it's got to do with Justin's skills I've got, as a channeler. I've got, I've got a Roddenberry. Would <laughs> um, you like to touch it? So, so I mean. The, yeah, concept guy. I think I think that it, he pulls it together as a concept guy. But I feel like, like you know, a lot. All right, uh, to jump over to something else, like Harry Potter. Right? Are you a Harry Potter fan at all? I am. You are. The first two Harry Potter movies are crap. They're not fucking bite your tongue, bite your tongue. I'm piss off. <laughs> and you're, you're gonna pop out every word you say. <laughs> because so what, you are so wrong. I no, I, I'm not wrong. And <laughs> I'll say, and I will say that I will say the second Harry Potter movie is easily the worst of all the Harry Potter movies. Um, and the thing is, here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. Mm. I've read the books. And the second Harry Potter mo- movie, there's like no scene that's longer than 45 seconds. Because it's just like, we're going to do this scene for the book, then this scene for the book, this scene. It's, it's all in the pacing of the first and second movies. Now, when I say they're crap, let me take a step back. They're good. And when I saw them, I, li- I liked the first one. I, I love the first one. I would say, arguably, I, I think it's the best because well, it's an origin story, which on its own is more attractive well, as a story. Not just but, that, but like it was. I think probably the first time I can think of that I read a book and loved it, and went and saw the movie, and the movie was exactly what I thought it should be. It was the book. The the, the tweaks they made to them were very minor, and the book, quite frankly, could stand on its own. If you just filmed it, like the well, fucking dialogue is there. And that's the what sto- they did. And that's why I fucking loved it. Like, why is it somebody gets a fucking movie and they get a book and they're like, ooh, well, we've got the book. And now we're going to change everything. Like well, in because, the fucking one with the well, maze, they took out the fucking best part of that. Which is what? Which is the Sphinx. I'm sitting there in anticipation going, ooh, ooh, here's the part where he's going to talk to the Sphinx and he's going to have to solve the riddle. And it's a fucking learning experience. And they replace that with with bushes. Weird, swishy bushes. Really? We're going to call that it's better? The, it's the climax of the movie, though. In a book, it works. And I, I would argue with you that there is no better moment in the entire Harry Potter series than the death of Robert Pattinson. Watching him die, I've watched that clip over and over and over my wife loves twilight so watching because wow i've lost alexia already and i'm pronouncing her name correctly i love your wife i love her my life you like twilight no (laughs) that's why i'm saying i love your wife yes however yes and so and so the the part of me (laughs) that has to deal with those movies are such shit words can't even describe and they're just like the books no that's that's exactly wrong they are not they couldn't be further from the fucking books the books are terrible listen how do you take a beautiful scene in the book that's about let me finish because i'm thinking trying to find one up because women are into romance I'm a 17-year-old werewolf, and one day the baby you have, I'm going to fall in love with and screw <laughs> I'm just going to talk about the first movie now, because that was sort of where I was going with that. So he's out in the forest, and what was in the book, this beautiful moment, fuck you, there was this beautiful moment of them, like, him showing her what he looks like, and it's all romantic, and they kiss, and it's oh, beautiful. Oh, and the sparkly. Well, because I love that, because I like glitter, so you do. suck it. Um, so they turn that in the movie into this, like, I am this. And he's all angry, and he rips open his shirt, and he's like, rawr. And I'm like, really? We, so we read this romantic scene in the book, and that turns into this angry, strangely growly scene? Well, like, I, who I, did okay, that? I, I will come out and say that the movie is worse than the book, but the books so are- So bad. But the books are terrible. Like, because here's the thing. 
books even, are terrible. They are. It's a good story. I'm not saying that there aren't parts that when you point them out, it's kind of ridiculous because my friend likes to point out the fact that like everybody's all in, in, enamored of the fact that he's in love with her, right? And yet, and hold, yet wait, hold on, let's let, pause. Um, that this is going to contain spoilers for Twilight. Um, so we're gonna. I'm just gonna give a throw a spoiler alert out there because this is gonna have to for for the entire Twilight series. What comes oh. next? So I would say we'll be on this for probably about three minutes. So feel free to take your on your iPods and jump ahead three minutes because we we are gonna spoil <laughs> Twilight in the next three minutes. Go ahead. Um, I don't even know where the fuck I was now. <laughs> it's a podcast now, and we gotta we gotta warn them, right? Because you know, no, some- you're not wrong. I'm just saying, like, I fuck. I didn't even so think. Of- who's Renee's May? Um, <laughs> okay. Lord. Uh, uh, what was I was saying? What I was saying is a friend of mine had brought up the fact that okay, we're all like enamored of the fact that he's in love with her, and we're like ooh and eyeing, and it's so romantic. And I'm that person, but like my friend was like, so you realize though that this guy's like 400 years old hitting on a teenager. I was like, right. I, well, I, when you put it that way, I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not going to curse as much as you on this podcast. Because fuck you. <laughs> all right, and the reason is is don't go after Angel. Don't you dare go after Angel. Who? You're Angel. going after Angel. I wasn't. This was said to me by a friend of mine who, like me, loves Buffy and a- a- Angel. But I don't have a problem with Angel hitting on Buffy. I don't either. And and what I find funny is that he doesn't either until in Twilight, everybody's oohing and on about it and he's not a fan. And he's like, well, we're talking about a dude that's like a billion years old hitting on a teenager. And that's and plus Angel was like 23 when he was turned to begin with. <laughs> and he's sitting on a 16 year old, which I say, go for him. Um, no, I say true love doesn't know age. That's what I say. And, and and Buffy was old for her uh, mentally in her. <laughs> clearly, by the cheerleading outfit she was. No, I think that the I think that the problem with Twilight. We're still doing spoilers if you're listening. The problem with Twilight is um is is that like an empire, right? Let's let's look at Empire again because I'm going to reference Star Wars a lot. If you look at Empire, Empire is uh, is that you get to the end and it's and you're waiting for the moment where Luke meets Vader, waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it. Then it's this amazing climax, and you're just it's just it's everything you want it to be, and then it slaps you in the face in the end, and it's the then you get to the end of Empire and you're like, oh, it's ending? What? I can't believe it. So Twilight, for those of you who haven't read it, is the story of the second half of the book is the story of a girl who is running. She's running away from a guy who's chasing her because basically he's got a he's got a hard on for killing her. The thing is, right, that there's this all this buildup and there's this buildup that he's coming, he's coming, coming after her. And Edward's gonna save her because he's really fast and he's really cool. And they get to the point where the big fight's gonna happen and it's gonna be the big fight. And it's all from her point of view. And she's watching the big fight's about to happen. It's like they're running toward each other and then she blacks out. And they don't in the book. They don't show the fight. Like they're about to meet, but she's been like beaten up, and she like falls asleep, and then she wakes up, and Edward's like, "I beat him, and we ripped him apart and destroyed him." And it's the functional equivalent of like having having fucking like Lucas facing off about Vader and goes, "Obi Wan never told you about your father." And then you cut to Leia, and Leia picks him up, and she goes, "Yeah, Vader said that he's my father, and then we fought, and he cut off my hand, and I jumped off." It's like that. It's, it's like. So, so, like so, so structurally, structurally, I have a fundamental problem with the way that it's set up. And if you don't believe me, further Twilight spoilers, if you don't believe me, you get to the end of the final book, the final showdown, the final mm-hmm. book is in no way a romance. Let's, let's say that first, like third of it, it's romance. And then it's just plot. It's just plot. And you know what? Here's the fucking thing about Stephanie 
I'm cursing too much. Here's the thing about Stephanie Myers that bothers me. She's Mormon. I don't want to offend her. Here's the thing about... (laughs) (laughs) Well, she doesn't like cursing, I assume. I love the Mormons. Great people. Um, Here's the thing that, that... that I do. My, like two of my groomsmen were Mormon. They're really good. What makes you think I don't believe You're you? You're giving me a look. What this That's look? The look that says you are full of shit. No, I'm just no. kidding. All right. So, <laughs> so the here's here's the problem. You get to the end of the fourth book, and there's this big buildup, and there's an army on one side. It's like Braveheart, and there's an army on the other side, and they face off for like forty pages. They're like watching each other, and the big battle's gonna happen. They're getting closer and closer and closer and closer, and they're about to fight. And the fight you've been waiting for for four books is about to happen. And they close, 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 and then she stops the battle with I'm not kidding her magic thought bubble. And there's no battle. There's no fight. There's like I've got a magic thought bubble, and everyone goes home. Are you fucking kidding? Do you even read the same book I read? I did. Bullshit. Tell me I'm wrong that she doesn't have her magic force field bubble with her love thought and and it surrounds them. And is there ever a battle royale between the two sides after waiting 40 pages for it? Is there ever? There's a fight. Is there a battle between the two armies? Yes. Not the third book, the fourth. The one where she's a fucking vampire and she's a super badass vampire. Truth yeah, and that part's awesome. That's the thing. I loved it. And that's what gets me about Stephanie Myers. She is she roped me in. I read the books because my wife loves it and I wanted to read it and see what it was about. And she, I, I hated the first one, kind of like the second one. The third one I thought was kind of cool. And I will give props to the guy who made the third movie. The third movie's a little bit badass. Ag- agreed. The third movie is significantly better <laughs> I will go than the, one or two. I will go, the vampires in that movie were scary. And from the first scene in the movie, I was like, this is different. I like this. So I will give props where they're due. I will give props where they're due. But the problem is, is that, boy, this is the Twilight podcast. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. So. Star Trek before, is good. Before we, we move on. Don't tune I'm not going to Don't tune out. It's going to be about Star Trek. Yeah. I, I swear to God. Have you read Stephanie Myers the host? And I say this because it's, there's a correlation to Star Trek there. Okay. No, ha- no, no, I haven't. I read the four and I read a little bit of the Brie Tanner book. I would recommend it because it's not. Twilight? It's not Twilight. <laughs> and it's actually, honestly, probably one of my favorite books. It's cool because it's like a um about like invasion of the body snatchers, but like from the body snatcher point of view. Which okay, is very no, I- intriguing because you're like you're feeling for the body snatcher because they're not really no they're not knowingly <clears throat> body snatching. They believe themselves to be good beings and they've come and they've come down to earth and we're just horribly killing each other and doing fucked up shit, you know, like we do. And they basically reappropriate our bodies because they need to live a parasitic existence. No, and I- that's what they do. And it's like you you have trouble with it because part it's kind of told from that point of view where there's still a human in there. Because it's not been like eradicated and she's kind of having an identity crisis and it's kind of a fucked up place to be, but you feel for both sides. So it's really intriguing. And and I dig it. And here's the thing that I have a problem with her. She is deliberately trying to write a girly book. Now, she's not necessarily a girly writer and I don't get the sense from her that she's a girly writer, but she pussies out at the end of Twilight and at the end of Breaking Dawn. She does. And, And much like I would say, and you know, God bless J.K. Rowling. She's astounding. She's astounding. But I feel... Spoilers for Harry Potter. So jump ahead a minute and a half. Um, I feel like she pussied out at the end of the Harry Potter series as well. Because it's the giant battle and the ones you love the most all make it out. All of them. Now, God forbid. Yeah. Here's the thing. 
it's a giant battle without palpable consequences. I was bothered by the death of one of the twins. I was. It, it bugged me. Um, but but that doesn't count somehow. Like, what because, the fuck do you require? Do you need Hamlet? Do you need every motherfucker to be dead at the no. end? But like one. And oh my god, the tragedy! No, I don't. I don't need that. But they. But they. The stakes are set so high. The and sta- people have been dying all along, though, man. Like, what are you kidding me? We, you know, you lose no, Mad Eye. You lose yeah. fucking. I'm just. I'm just. Saying, you lose a lot of people that you care. Like, about. like in the movie when Mad Eye dies off camera. <laughs> that that's a problem. Admit that's a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. I was bugged by that. Look, I I love the Harry Potter series, and I ripped through that seventh book. You know, and, I cheered during the seventh book, and and cheered. I cheered during the two hundred pages of camping. But other than the two hundred pages of camping, I love the book. And you know what? It's a problem with the movie too. Is that it's an hour and a half of camping. Um, outside of that, I felt like it was really well done. But it, I got to the end, and I was like, you know what? I did not get that feeling of consequence of of shit went down because the first time shit went down like everybody's life everybody's life you the the potter's life were ripped up the the you know series has to go into hiding um or, or, or ends up in azkaban the, the one guy's a rat you know it's it's like everyone everyone's life is thrashed by this in the second time it's like hogwarts is destroyed but but the people that you've been reading about and care about, they're kind of okay. And and I sort of felt like And it didn't matter to you all the people you lose along the way. That matters not at all. No, to no, you. I, not, it's it's not black. I'm just white. saying, like it, it occurs to me that you're like matter. It that does you're matter. like, what's the word I'm looking for? You're like uh you're numb to it. Like you've become used to the fact that you lose people that are important. That what re- what you require is the ante to be upped. Well, we've already lost important people. What do I see next? You know what? You know what there needed to be. There needed to be a, another built up serious black type figure, so that there would be someone else. You know, like even if it had to be Neville, and I didn't want anything to happen to Neville. I like Neville, but it, Neville, and I cared about him. But if they had built up another character, so you don't have to lose the core, you don't have to lose one of the core three, but another one who you really and and even in the book before the the death of Dumbledore beautiful wonderfully done and i just felt like at the end the cost it was it 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 was but the cost is cumulative man you can't base it all on the last freaking battle but the last battle was the last battle and i just sort of felt like it was like it was like bad guys taken out in scores good guys a couple of minor characters died in the final battle just a couple of minor characters. All the bad guys, including Voldemort, wiped out. A couple of minor ba- good guys that you didn't really care about. Like, like even even as much as you cared about Sirius Black, even as much as you cared about Dumbledore, you just didn't care about. And and as the thing, it's, it's it's a flaw. It's not a fatal flaw, like I would say the Twilight books are. It's not a tr- it's not a fatal flaw. I loved the Deathly Hallows. I loved the movie. As a matter of fact, flawed problems. But it was my favorite of the films, and it was it was gorgeous, and it. Was, I, I liked it fine, except for you know, naked Hermione and and. Did and you hear? <gasps> did you hear about the guy? It was, it was like on the news. I think last week. The guy I listened to this. Was on, he chising off to it or something? Yeah, he was. Oh, totally I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't surprise me in the least. That's why they fucking put it in there. It it's my, not in the book. Yeah. She didn't write, and they're fucking sexy, and they make out, and oh wow, and that makes Ron go grr, like because that's weak. It's a fucking cop out, man. It's a Hollywood cop out. It made me I mad as shit. I disagree. I disagree. Of course you do. <laughs> oh, I say, if I if I didn't, it wouldn't be a show. 
just bear with us. We will get to Star Trek. Um, I promise we will get to Star Trek. There'll be Someday. there'll be gobs of shows about Star Trek. Um, but but not this one. Apparently. Not this one. <laughs> our, our first show. <laughs> I'd like to submit that that's ridiculous. Um, they they the issue the the issue is is that to take a page from from. Yeah, again, I want to I want to admit who I'm stealing from. I, you know, big Smodcast listener. I love Kevin Smith. So it was he who ver- first comically pointed out that if you're 17 and you can do magic, that's what you're thinking about. You're conjuring up naked Hermione every night. Now, you know, forget a kiss for those of you who like Smodcast. Just <laughs> laugh away. Forget a kiss. Um, that, but but there's a there's an element there's an element of truth to that. That that a seventeen-year-old who thinks that something is happening in a tent with his would-be girlfriend and his best friend is thinking that it is sex that is happening. He's not thinking they're kissing. He's not thinking that they like each other. A seventeen-year-old is going. They're they're fucking. I don't disagree with that. So and I. And, fe- but what it occurs to me is in the book, it like instead of Ron actually overcoming something. Right. The way it comes out in the movie is any motherfucker. I don't care how weak you are. I don't care how limp your dick is. If you see some dude having hot, naked, beastly sex with your woman, you are going to get mad and attack. But he and didn't attack Harry. That's the thing is, is that I, I felt like he that. He busts through it. Is it relevant? I guess what I'm saying, like it, it that's it's like a fatal flaw. And, and it occurs to me that the, the Horcrux like would not make that mistake, which is essentially to galvanize him into action. Right. Then it doesn't come from Ron. Like he was spurned into it instead of it being all of this oppressive shit. And Ron is just like fucking oppressed and, and melting underneath it. And it's just like, oh, God, how will he ever get out of this mire of self-hate and doubt? And then he pulls himself out of it. It's a much, much stronger position. See, and I still felt that. that I, that's just so I mean, I could Interesting, be Because that's definitely not how I, fe- I didn't yeah. feel that way. It felt like like anger because of, anger. of what he's seeing, not like I'm going to overcome this i know this is lies i know this is bullshit and i'm gonna overcome it. i'm gonna be stronger than this as opposed to just well that just fucking gets me all riled up and grr and i'll channel that into killing the horcrux and like, i and i would and i would say as a former 17 year old boy that it's so much grr there's so much grr it's just a matter like like sometimes when you're a 17 year old boy your only choice the only like brave choice there is is to point the grr in the right direction because there's just so much girl. And that's fine, but that's not how she wrote it. It's not about how she wrote it. It's about what best serves the film. And what, what I what I will, will I, what how I will does that s- serve the film better? Because I felt like how how do you show in, in a climactic moment? How do you show visually in a climactic moment that what you were talking about is going on when you can't hear Ron's thoughts? It works in the book because you can hear the thoughts you can get the the inner monologue is is evident to you it's written it's explicit where in a film you don't have it you don't have you don't have all that inner stuff you can't show it you have to show it on the screen yeah like Hi. let's stop i submit that we stop this insanity like you've been like you've not been a willing participant like <laughs> like i would so it's like in harry potter and you went no let's talk about star trek <laughs> no let's talk about star trek. because evidently evidently you're the queen of england <laughs> That's how I do a girl's voice. That's how I do a girly voice. Um, so it, I, I would, <clears throat> I mean, clearly we're versed in sort of the geek vocabulary, right? Like we, we've yet to hit Lord of the Rings. I'm sure it'll come up, you know. 
Um, I can't hit you back with Doctor Who, but I can with Lost. I can with Battlestar. But wait, I'm only two seasons, the three seasons in. Don't go too far. <clears throat> um, but but the the point is, is that we're versed in all this stuff. Now I'd say this: um, there was Star Wars when I was a kid that made me go, "I love space stuff." And then there was there was Star Trek. Um, so you were Star Wars first. I was Star Wars first because I was I was. You know, I was born when it came out. I was raised on it. I, I, all right, so my dad had eight brothers and sisters, right? And and in the seventies, my my oldest, my youngest aunt is only ten years older than me. So when I was born, she was ten in seventy okay. seven. So this is the environment in which I grew up, along with my mom, who has a brother who was more into martial arts films at the time and stuff. But like Star Wars was such a part of me being young. I discovered Star Trek on TV, um, in reruns. Like probably circa 1985 to 1986, they'd be on at five when I lived in Williamsburg, and I sort of watched it. Like I just would watch Star Trek. I dug it. I didn't dig it, dig it, but I kind of liked it. And when Next Gen came out, I kind of liked it. And then I I tuned out. My friends who liked it more. <clears throat> and my buddy Sam, I uh, I went to a camp camp where I met my wife though. Shut when your I, when, mouth. When I was 14. Really? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was the cutest oh, when thing I was 15, ever. When I was fifteen. Um, so I come home um, earlier than I expect. I need a place to crash, and I stayed at my buddy Sam's house. And he said, "You should watch Star Trek." I said, "It's all right." You know, I didn't really get into it. And he goes, "No, no, 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 no. You should watch Star Trek." Now I had watched on and off, and I remembered the death of Tasha Yar. Um, and I was like, "Okay, Tasha Yar died, whatever." And he goes, "He goes, watch this. It's the season finale of season four. I watch it, and I watch it, and I watch it, and he goes, and here, look at this, and watch the episode, uh, the what was the name, the Redemption Part 1, um, and you get to the end, and fucking Tasha Yar, with a Romulan haircut, steps out, and I go, what? And he goes, tomorrow is the season premiere. You want to watch it? <laughs> so I watch with him the next day. I watch the season premiere with him the next day, and I was hooked. I was hooked from that moment, because I was like, that was that was classic, and I had not seen Best of Both Worlds. I had to go back and watch the Borg episodes because I was like vaguely aware of them. Mm. But you know, I watched Best of Both Worlds Part One when it was on because I was in middle school. I didn't bother tuning in because I wasn't a guy who tuned into season premieres and stuff. Um, by the end of high school, I was kind of into it. I, I liked it. I watched a premiere of DS Nine. I dug it, but I sort of was on and off on it. Um, and I watched Premier Voyager when it came out. I was really excited about that. I was a, I was a big fan. And then I psyched off and stopped being a fan. Um, and I became sort of the uber nerd that I am when it comes to Star Trek when I got hired to play a Romulan for three years at King's Dominion. Um, there were walk-around Star Trek characters at a park. Um, I, wa- I auditioned to be Shaggy. I wanted <laughs> to be Shaggy. I'm an actor. I, I see you as Shaggy. Yeah. Um, I don't see Romulan. Gosh, go. <laughs> um, I'll show you pictures. Uh, I mean, I see you as it. I don't. <clears throat> I don't hear you as it. But you'd have to be doing a shaggy voice. Well, uh, as is, uh, yeah. And as a Romulan, the fact that I could immediately go in like this, you know, and speak like this, it wasn't a problem. You know, it was. It was. I, it was as Commander Killian comes back. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, so, so I did part of my training. They pay. They paid me very well for an actor. Like we're like like in the nineties. It was like tw- like twenty bucks an hour. Fucking a. Um, not bad at all. They paid Shit. me forty eight hours a week for working thirty six hours a week, um, with benefits. 
Uh, That's a sweet-ass gig. And my first two weeks was doing improv games for two hours and watching six hours of Star Trek a day for two weeks. Fuck yeah. That sounds and, like a hell of a job. Where do I sign up? <laughs> and and seriously, and it was, you know, it was a great time to do Star Trek. Great time to play Romulan because DS9 was on the air and they were doing, they were doing, you know, I'm going to have to spoil a little bit for you, unfortunately, but they were in the middle of the Dominion War. No, and, no, I remember some and, of that. And, like, and, I got and, that and the Romulans and the Klingons were involved and the whole, you know, and so... Like I had to keep up on it because the the fans would show up and ask me questions, and I would be up on what happened. The day. so ah. it's part of our job. We had to keep up on what was going on, and it was a paramount gig. I mean, the, the mountain was on the check. My my mask was hand designed by Michael Westmore. My costume was from the Paramount from oh, the Romulan. Wow. It wasn't a homemade thing. It was like from the. It was it was it real. It was the real shit. It was the real shit. And and so and it was the, actually if anyone's ever been to uh, the Star Trek experience in Vegas. Oh, I wanted to go. Have you so seen pictures bad. of it? Yes. Yeah. Same same organization. Paramount Parks ran that. Also ran Kings Dominion. It Can was, you believe that my fucking dude friends go without me? Without me? Without you? Rude as shit. I loved it. I love going there, and I felt that's right. Rub it in because it's gone now. I feel like a, you know, I feel like a douchebag about what I did because I went there and I did the thing that the oh that the the fans would try and do to me is like I walked up to one of the Cleons and I was talking to him and I tried to hint to him that I used to do this and he, you know, trying to get him to sort of acknowledge, oh, I get that you worked at this other park and stuff mm-hmm. and he wouldn't break. And it frustrated me because I was like, oh, but I'm, I'm, I'm in the club, you know, I did what you did, <laughs> but he stayed in character. The thing is, that's what I would do when I was out there in character. I stayed in character. Mm-hmm. And when I went and did that, I think back to that and I was like, not that that guy is, you know, that guy forgot me, but I was like, you know, that guy must think I'm such a douchebag for coming up to him and doing that. Cause like I was doing the thing that bugged me when people go, you're not real. You know, oh, wow. I didn't say you're not real, but I sort of intimated it with, Hey, give me the wink and the nudge saying that you understand that you know yeah see whereas if i'd ever actually gotten to go that's well, i desperately story. wanted to be in there. i would have i would have just played along with him that's that's what would have been fun yeah but i me. had an i had a, i had a kind of a standing offer to like go work there then why didn't you because i was here and i was in college and i was married and i was like going to live in vegas was not something that was on my like on my radar quitting college and going to live in vegas was not on my radar at the was time was finishing college and not doing that more fun just kind of curiosity I, I'd say that I've had a substantial amount of fun. I'm, I'm happy with the choices I've made. Okay. Um, but then I went there and I wanted to be part of their club. I wanted to be like... I was like, so you wanted both and you can't like, have Take both. me backstage, you know? Because I'm, I'm one of you. I did, I did this job. But it's, you know, it's like, it's almost like going back to your high school. Mm. You know, and going, hey, I went here. Look how cool I am. And they're like, dude, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be here. This is not a place for you. So, but that's how I got into it is, is, is I started following sort of religiously when I was when I was doing the Romulan gig and then I followed all of Voyager and all of Enterprise when it was on the air and followed the movies and and from there on I mean I've got if you look uh, down there in bottom left hand corner just the Starfleet there, there's mm-hmm. I've, I've, I have the collection of everything that's ever been on Star Trek and and I, I dig it a lot so that is my sort of personal biography as to why Star Trek as to why well, see that's, that's that's part like why part how is part of oh how wouldn't you say that's kind of how as well? I went into how yeah it's it's well then I would say the reason why it's the reason it's the one thing that pisses me off a little about the new about the new movie which I loved I'm not a hater on the new movie I loved the new movie okay because you better I, not I dug it but the part that that I that I bothered me is I was into the continuity I was I was I loved yeah. I loved continuity porn 
I love like like, ooh, this is a reference to blah de blah. And this is you know, Enterprise with tons of continuity porn. Enterprise was now we're going to look, it's Data's grandfather, played nice. by Brent Spiner. Nice. Teehee, Ned Wink, yeah. you know, the, the thing that makes you go, you know, so I loved that shit. And so I So now that by the end of the first like rebooted movie, like they've done away with all that. They well and like, they, they try in a single conversation to go, No, it's an alternate universe, but it doesn't follow any of the Star Trek rules. You have to go back and stop the Borg because the Borg have gone back in time. Go to First Contact. Okay. In Star Trek First Contact, mm-hmm. they have to go back and stop the Borg because the Borg have gone back in time and changed history and that wrecked history. It wrecked the future. Mm-hmm. That happened yesterday's Enterprise uh, in... Um, when you say destroy, I mean, what do you mean by destroyed? Just that it's different? I mean... It's, it's, it's irrevocably changed. What you do in the past affects... It's a single continuity. It's a single timeline. And the only... Like, they do yesterday's Enterprise, and they go, if the Enterprise C doesn't go back, then all of Star Trek is, you know, is dark and warlike. And you go back to the uh, the Guardian of Forever in the original series, and if Edith Keeler lives, then Hitler did take over, and Earth is very, very different in the future. And they say, so if the past has changed, the future has changed. And they tried to sidestep that. They're like, no. In the new movie, they're like, no, because this ship went back in time and changed things. We're in this alternate timeline. The original timeline is going on. It's just fine. Everything's fine. Nothing. It's fine. Picard's fine. Vulcan's fine. All it means is that they're like, that's not what's happening for us now. Like, so let's say they've changed the future. So we, but we've seen it. So what it is like. How it occurs to me is that we, that shit's not going to happen anymore. So, and the, the, the question is, is does that shit continue to happen? And that's, and that's the problem that fans like me have a problem with is that, and we're going to hit this when we hit the new Trek movie. I'm sure we're going to get back to this. But, but the, the issue that I had is, is does that, like, okay, so at the minute that, that Nero takes his ship through the little wormhole, does what is called the prime timeline did that end there, or does it continue parallel to the new timeline? Now, the writers in the new movie have come straight out and said, because they don't want to be lynched, they said, they said, no, we, we, no, the, the prime timeline continues. That's why they had the conversations, why they so like blatantly goes, we're in a alternate, alternate. Yeah. We are not the, nothing. well, that occurred to me when they said it in the movie, it was kind of funny. And, and I, I let it go because it was one line. Yeah. And it was like, it was like, and that's the line for those of the, you that are stupid that didn't realize that, duh. Shit's different now. Yeah, the well, past I, got changed when Nero came back. Like, I feel like anyone who's watched Star Trek, and because I mean, I like to think we're an intelligent yeah. bunch. I'm just saying, many you know, of us, yeah, many of us are pretty smart. And it's like that occurs. It's like fucking common sense, duh. And that, like, that line was like, and for those of you who are a little bit slow and maybe haven't seen Star Trek before, this is the part where we fucking just tell you well, straight and I, up. And I felt, this is an alternate timeline. That's what that means. <laughs> see, see, and and the thing is, is, is nothing in Star Trek up to that point. Would, with the exception of what there's an episode called Parallels where Worf kind of jumps around into alternate timelines is the one little tiny bit of hope because there's no other evidence of alternate timelines. There is a single timeline which may be changed by going into the past and changing things, but it gets changed and it is changed. Shit gets changed and it's changed. There isn't your your precious timeline that you watched so far it did happen. Everything's good. Everything's good. As a matter of fact, there's there's a really poignant episode of DS9. You probably haven't seen it because it's probably further than you ever saw. So spoilers on this episode where they crash land on a planet but are jumped forward 300 years or something. And they meet their own descendants on this planet. Then 
they plan to stay on the planet and let everyone on the planet live because they built this great civilization out of the remnants of shuttlecrafts and, and what was left. And someone on the ship betrays them and shoots them off the planet because they want them to have gotten home and not to have crash landed in the first place. And when they leave the planet, that civilization never existed. And they were like, they, they met people, they met children. And when they leave the planet, none of it ever happened because they didn't crash land. None and, of it ever happened that they see. You're still the motherfucker that has to live in it. Yeah, you know what I mean? So like never, if you... It was, never, it was never presented as, this is going to be unpleasant for us to live through. It was always... No, because it's not... You, you, I feel like you don't have to say that, man. You know what I mean? It's like, that's that's where you are. Like, see, that's what's I, going I on. Always, I always got the sense that it was... It's devastating for everyone. Well, yeah, because, because they're not the only ones experiencing this that, timeline. That, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I it was always for me the idea that that if you change the past, the future is changed. One timeline, malleable. But one timeline. And so I just sort of felt like I sort of felt like the events of the movie didn't just mean we will never see that original timeline again. I felt like it meant that. And this is a brave choice. Look, it's a brave choice to go. Nope, we are completely decimating Star Trek as you knew it. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it's it's a brave choice and it's an interesting choice. And I think ultimately it's the best choice that they could have made. And this way you get the magic of the characters, which is honestly what made that show so brilliant oh yeah no it's, a, it's, it's fucking pure money I, they actually made everyone kind of magic because i would say that Chekhov and uhura and sulu were magic too they're, they're magical too but like in they, ways that they weren't originally i mean that the the trifecta of those three occurs to me is like the core of the original i mean uhura's on the poster bones is not on the poster agreed Bo- uhura is on the poster though not because she's part of that but because of the time difference like consider where we are today. Yeah, well, I also think she's a more substantial part of the movie. I mean, she is more. She, substantial. I'm not say saying that she isn't. She's but I'm more saying substantial that- than Bones in the movie. She doesn't give as good a performance, but she is more. She, I would, I would wager if you did a line count, she has more lines. Not relevant. That doesn't make her more substantial. Like, it's. It occurs to me as more. It's the impact, right, of the characters and their interactions. And yes, she is more sizable than she was on the original series, certainly. But I really feel like the reason she's on the poster and the reason there's all there's so much more talk about her now is because back then it was it wasn't this great, accepted, wonderful thing to have this woman on the bridge of a ship, you know, yeah. and now. Sorry, yeah, I'm off mic. And yeah, now it's absolutely acceptable and, and it's a great thing. And it just shows how far we've come, like sure. societally yeah. speaking. So I don't think, well, I think that's at least she doesn't occur to me any different. I think know? that's a great answer to why Star Trek is because. You know, it's it's a it's it's a, a harbinger of good things to come. It was at the time, and it is now. So, so I would say, for me personally, I think that's why Star Trek has permeated society. I think for me personally, it's been that the the continuity was my thing. I loved. I felt like it was the most realized world of anything. I felt like you could plop in at any point. And you go at one you know at one point. There's the next gen movies going on and DS9 going on and Voyager going on, and they're all impacting each other. The next-gen movies are referencing the Dominion War. The Dominion yep. War is affecting Voyager. Voyager's a bunch of Maquis, which affects Yeah, it's a, it's a heavily realized world, and, and it's, I love it's, that. It's, it's, it's this, you know, the continuity is sometimes iffy, but it's for yeah, the but when you're Yeah, ta- I mean, but when you're talking about a show where they literally wrote a fucking language. Yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. That and people know how to speak. My friend knows how to speak Klingon. You know what I mean? Like, that sort of shit yeah. That is, is both frightening and sad, but that's wonderful. It's beautiful. Um, it's beautiful. I think it's amazing. Like you know what's, the, what's the fact that that is. My, my uncle um, decided to learn Klingon. He's not a Star Trek fan, but he likes languages. 
oh that's fucking awesome you see what i'm saying like yeah. that like what else can you t- can you think of that's so permeated outside of lord of the rings nothing i would say lord of the rings also that i mean because tolkien also real actually was more interested in realizing his world than telling stories yeah but it was it was yeah it's a it's a fully realized world and that was what i dug about it and it was sort of the the dismissal of that in the new movie that's the only thing that bugged me about is because believe it or not the thing that i loved in the new movie she orders a cardassian cola and i was like she said cardassian (laughs) (laughs) maybe she's kim cardassian fail totally huge fail sorry sorry I can't even go any. I don't so, even know what to say now. So that's track off. Wildly sick. That's track um, off. <laughs> how about I tell my story sure. of, of how Star Trek, and we'll stop thinking about that. Um, <laughs> go ahead. Um, so I guess I um, I, I guess we're about the same age. So um, I uh, I actually watched it with my dad as a kid. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. And my uh, my relationship with my my dad is is, uh, is not is not very good. Um, so I would say that's probably the only, um, like good memories I have, like growing up of my dad. Cause otherwise he like wasn't there, but like, I remember watching. Out of curiosity, which one? Huh? Which track? The original. Okay. That's what I grew up on. And, and I loved it. It was like the best thing ever. Like me and my dad being so into the show and like it would get intense and we'd be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you know? And Kirk would lose his shirt and like shit would get real and it was awesome and it was amazing and I feel like I, um, I think it, I thought about things differently and I, I, you know, as a kid, I think growing up, like I don't want to say it made me like grow up faster or anything, but in a sense it did. Like I feel like it expanded my mind in a way that few oh, yeah. things could. Oh yeah. You know, because you're not like, and I've in a, in a world of 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 you know growing pains, gro- growing pains, and and you know the Hogan family. You had this this thing that really you know required that you stretch a little bit. Yeah, like it, it makes you really think about some serious shit, but like in a way that's you know that's sort of wrapped in you know fantasy and science fiction, and like I so many nights I would spend. I mean, I spent lots of nights just sitting outside, like on the top of like a hood of a car, just looking up at the sky and thinking, you know, like in Wayne's World. Yes, like in Wayne's World. <laughs> Yes, and then I would talk about the rope and gym <laughs> to myself. <laughs> wow, like the four people who are still listening got that. Um, <laughs> hi, guys. <laughs> We're nerds. <laughs> well, hey, listen, I think that's a, that's, that's a good place to end off. I think that this is a conversation that needs to be carried on into a second. So we're going to uh, intro to Trek Off will be the... the this will be part one, and then we will continue the conversation intro to Trek Off part two. So uh, I am Justin. And I'm Alexia. And Trek Off. Trek Off! <laughs>